it's the audio equivalent of that game shop smell. It's this game where podcast with me, Chris, and me, Ashley. Chris, what you do game shops one. smell like around your end? Musk. Well, I wouldn't have even called it musk. I would have called it sweat. Yeah. It was quite a big issue in our town when we were teenagers that the game shops, both of them, smelt like sweat. Like you went in and it was like a wall. So thick, the fog. So yeah, when you well, say that we smell like that, that's not a good thing, is it? I'm trying to think of, um, you know, references to, to game shops. And that was the first thing I thought of was the smell of sweat and BO. The and, stench. And, right. Okay. And semen. You're not selling us. I mean, yours sounds worse than ours now, to be fair. Yeah. Like so damp there is crutches. That. Oh my God. You all right? Other than that, it sounds like you're having a bit of a moment. <laughs> having a breakdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Not terrible i was better again two minutes ago but that tends to be the case these days i'm really sorry yeah you should be right should we should we get cracking them Mm. right so today is that all of our banter is that is that was just is that our is that our warm-up we're just talking about how game shops smell how our podcast (laughs) (laughs) smells like a game shop somehow uh and then we're just gonna crack on we're gonna kick into it Within Peter K. Hey, do you remember when game shops smelled like, like sweat? <laughs> Great. I aspire to be Peter K. The Peter Pay of... Peter Pay... The Peter K of podcasts. That's Brilliant. I mean, that is... There's, there's your next week's... <laughs> starter. Yeah. All right. Let's, now let's start. Let's start. All right. Right, we've got the business We're doing done. a game. Apparently, we're doing a game this week. Chris, what is yeah. the game this week? Right, it's this game where... You play through six zones. Oh, it's God. On a, it's on a console that fits in your pocket if you have no, big it, enough pockets. Yeah, if you... Yeah. Fubu. And it's starring a blue blur. What game are we playing? Something stupid. Debatable. We're playing Sonic. On the... On the, on the Game Gear, but I don't know why you're making me clarify that. It's Sonic. Sonic, Sonic, and it's shit. Which Sonic? Um, Probably Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, the original. To be honest, I don't remember which... Is it Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one? Sonic the Hedgehog on the Game Gear. So this is where I get a bit confused, because Sonic the Hedgehog on the Game Gear, I think, has a level where there's a thunderstorm, and possibly in the same level, you you ride on a hang glider. Hang glider. Sonic 2, you're thinking of. That's Sonic 2, is it? Mm -hmm. Not Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive, though. That's Sonic 2 on the Game Gear. Yeah, Sonic 2 on the Game Gear slash Master System has that. Okay, so what does Sonic 1 have that it means that you've brought it to me to talk about for a whole hour? The reason I'm doing it this week is firstly because bit by bit, incrementally over the series, we're going to go through all Sonic games, and this was the next one chronologically. What? It's what? Chronological? Yeah. This was released after Sonic 1 on the Mega Drive. Hmm? This came out after Sonic 1 on the Mega Drive. But we haven't done Sonic 1. Yes, we have. When? On the Mega Drive. Did we? Yeah, obviously memorable. Way back in episode 36. Ah, so not even that long ago. So what happens is whenever I play Sonic, I have such a bad time that it my, my mind sort of blanks it out so that I don't have to think about it. Right. Well, I'm hoping that will happen with this one tonight. I think it will because I've played it before. This oh. is the game that I played. The only real proper experience of the Game Gear I had was with my cousin who got a Game Gear. And we were banished when we went round to my nana's. I think it was just after Christmas. He'd got it for Christmas. This was one of the games that he got for Christmas. And we were banished to play the Game Gear in the front room behind the sofa out of sight because the noise it was making was (laughs) annoying people. 
So um, <laughs> me and my cousin were sat behind, or laid actually, behind my, my nana's sofa with the plug attached to the game gear so that it didn't yep. die after 20 minutes playing Sonic. And I was feeling, I mean, I didn't, surprise, surprise, I didn't feel disappointed to play Sonic in those days. Back in the olden days, I didn't I quite like playing Sonic because right. I didn't know better. And even then, I feel like I might have been a bit disappointed by this version of Sonic. So that's your starting point. <laughs> right, I've got a close thing that's back That's where then. we are with it. Yeah, this is going to be uphill work. Sorry. Well, I wanted to do it this week as well to tie in with Balan. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing oh, that Balan properly. Wonderworld. Ba- Balan Wonderworld, because it's developed by Yuji Naka, who was the lead programmer of Sonic and is credited with being the uh, godfather, the, the birther of Sonic. Yeah. As in he birthed him, which is quite an unpleasant image, really. But It is a bit of one. Also, Balan Wonderworld is having a bit of a time of it, isn't it? Have you seen? Well, I downloaded the demo and was hoping it would be really good. And it was okay. Let's Mm. let's leave that there. I saw a thumbnail. I won't profess to have clicked on it, but I saw a thumbnail for a video on YouTube earlier today that said... There's a T-pose in the trailer for Balan Wonderworld, which is, you know, not the end in and of itself, but does speak, coupled with everything else that I've been hearing about Balan Wonderworld and how slipshod it is, it kind of speaks to the quality of the game that's about to come out. Yeah. And if they had any bones about them, they would delay that game for the foreseeable future until they can get a grip on the quality control. Well, let's celebrate the release of that demo with Sonic <laughs> 1 on the Game Gear. <laughs> yeah, which I'm thinking might, you know, fall in line. It might be just as crap because it's Sonic. No. So this game came out late December 1991 after the Mega Drive version came out in June 1991. Bizarrely, it came out on the 28th of December. They didn't see fit to release it for christmas did you say that it released at the same time as the sonic the hedgehog on mega drive no it came out six months afterwards so it came out six months afterwards did you just say that to me and i didn't listen yep that's exactly apologies so they wanted to port sonic on the mega drive to the game gear master system but Mm. were not able to do so so they started again and made a whole new game and to do it in you know six months is pretty impressive the game itself is one that's got only seven people in the credits as we mm. seem to quite enjoy on this podcast, developed by a team called Ancient, which was founded by the game composer Yuko Koshiro mm. in 1990. So he is the a composer for quite a few Sega games, including Streets of Rage and Shinobi. Okay. So he then set up this company called Ancient, along with his mum, Tom, Tomo, Tomo, and his sister, Ayano, who did the art character and graphic design for this game and then uh, Yuzo Kashiro himself did the sounds for this game so the brother and sister who are part of Ancient are two of the seven people who made this game which is pretty impressive I think. A third of the game was made by siblings. Yeah exactly Mm. yeah and Ancient themselves are still developing they've gone Mm. to games I've not actually heard of um, in the last few years but they did do Shenmue. Okay the original Shenmue. Yeah on Dreamcast. Uh, What games have they been making of late? That you're not... I didn't make a note because I'd not heard of them. And I knew you'd asked that question, so well, I should, really should have done. <laughs> you should have made a note, yeah. You should have done. So Yuzo Kajiro, um, as well as doing the sound for this, he had to adapt and rearrange some of the music from the Mega Drive title and ended up uh, having to compose his own 
songs, mm. but some repurposed versions from the Mega Drive game to appear in this. And he does still, he, he has performed some of these with orchestras and he has gone on tour and, and done some of his game music. He was more recently, he was involved with Streets of Rage 4. Yeah, okay. Did he actually compose for Streets of Rage 4? Yes, I believe so. Mm. Because that was that last year that it came out, I think it was. Quite recently, it was very well received. It was, yeah. I've played it and I wasn't massively into it, but... Were you into Streets of Rage back in the day, though? Yeah, I was, yeah. It's um, mm. a game that will eventually come up here. I, I mm. think I've just grown out of... Uh, that sounds a little bit derogatory, but I, I'll say it anyway. I think I've grown out of beat 'em ups. Uh, that kind of that's fair enough. Through a street, trawling through a street, beating up man after man after man or whatever, eating chicken drumsticks you find in a bin. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember? I'm sure this has been mentioned before. Do you remember the Game Gear boxes? What they were made from? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, so they're made from. Like, oh, let me cardboard. guess. Oh, okay. That's boring. Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to make... They're made out of the skin of puppies. <laughs> made out of miscellaneous meat. Yeah. <laughs> you had to dig through the meat to get your game. Oh, God, imagine that. No, so they're made out of really thin cardboard, like really ineffective, that end up being all tatty and dog-eared after about a month or so. Mm. My memory of this game is buying it eventually from Toys R Us. Do you remember how Toys R Us had their games set out? In the mid-90s. No. And this is getting quite niche. Yeah, super going back, niche. Going back to us being the Peter K of podcasts. Do you remember when? Yeah, you're really going for it. I am, aren't I? So what Toys R Us had was they had the Game Gear games. They had the, the net of the actual box on display behind a plastic sheet. And right. then in front of it, or underneath it, there were these little tokens, these little vouchers that you had to pull had out. To and the number the of vouchers there. corresponded to the number of copies they had in. And you had to go and take it to the counter. I don't really understand why they had that system in place. To stop people from stealing their games. Yeah, that makes sense, wouldn't it? Oh my God. <laughs> Are we seriously having a little moment of revelation as to why they do that? Games, but game why, shops do why that did now. They, do they? Yeah. I've I mean, never seen a game shop do that. To be that. fair, game itself and game station never did it. They take the discs out of the thing yeah. and pop it behind the counter. But if you go to, they're not game shops, there you go. Tesco's, Asda's, the supermarkets, if you go there, they've got empty uh, okay. like retail packets on the shelf and you take that to the to the checkout and they then go and get the game from out back. I suppose Toys R Us were, were doing it like this because it was the Game Gear box if they had it out on on the shop it would just get all disgusting yeah there's that as well isn't there i suppose i'm trying okay. to think actually how they how nintendo games were sold in game shops because you wouldn't want that on there you wouldn't even want them the cardboard box on the shelf would you for fear of it well, getting fatty snes was cardboard i'm sure snes yeah that's what i mean so nes yeah. snes and n64 games were, the, were in the same position whereby oh, course, they were yeah. cardboard the same as your game gear so i can't and i can't remember whether game or electronics boutique or game station whether they were putting them out on the on the shelves or not but i mean that's a that's probably not anything that anyone's interested in but me and you (laughs) so i bought this eventually i bought this in i reckon 1996 after i got the game gear okay 1994 so quite Mm. a long time after the game came out Mm. now i got it it was 12 pounds 95 so i was getting it about five years after it came out and i specifically remember it being 12.95 because i saved up pocket money to buy this game we used to go to toys r us once every sort of two or three months possibly even less than that really just kind of you know if we were near there or we're popping just have a look at what are we talking about the one in lincoln yeah so that only opened in like 95 i think yeah yeah so you started to take semi-annual trips to toys r us from the moment it opened okay yeah to go and pour at the things yeah and 
It was $12.95. I knew I really wanted this game because I really liked Sonic. And I saved up my pocket money to go and buy this game. And I saved, I remember, that's why I remember it was £12.95. And I went and got the little token, the little voucher. Went up to the till. Oh yeah, we'll go have a look for it for you. And uh, off you went. The little shopkeeper came back. Yeah, we don't have it in. So I uh, came way into Had a little paddy at the checkout. Probably. I just remember being really sad. Yeah. Uh, I prayed to have a paddy. Where is it? Why ain't you got it? Why is there a voucher on the shelf if you haven't got it in stock? Ooh. Why have you put on a little posh voice for me as a was nine-year-old? It sounded it. Oh, it was supposed to be it just someone like having a Mardi. Subconsciously inflating <laughs> yeah, in a posh voice. Yeah, I probably do. I probably do. Yeah. I have a little tantrum and asking his butler to get a copy for him. Yeah. Pop, pop. Anyway. <laughs> pop pop so, they say they don't have it in what are you going to do can you get the stripe out the stripe yeah the switch for yeah. for beating the oh okay all right yeah then. you need remind yeah, the, the i shopkeeper. bet you had nine tails didn't you cat and nine tails the stripe was too kind that's the story for another day so the next time we went back i took my 12 pounds 95 that i'd saved up guess what happened you lost your money no that came later on the story no it gone up to 19 pounds 95 little bastards little yeah, bastards. Know, tell me about it <laughs> And this is a good this, story. This twist at this turns. point. At this point, I also managed to lose fifty p because you know it's pocket money. It was all oh in you know, coins and whatever. I lost fifty p in the lining of my coat pocket, <laughs> and I I could remember. I could feel it, but I could never get to it. <laughs> and I, I managed to excavate it about two years later. <laughs> oh, great. And by then, did you have Sonic or was this the moment? Was this a triumphant moment having dug it out of the lining of your coat that you returned to Toys R Us victorious with your 50p? And, you <laughs> and it only cost you... 50p at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that. That was an adventure. I well, really enjoyed it. The story's not finished. Oh my God, go on then. So I went back a third time. I'll edit it for time. All right, thanks. <laughs> I went back a third time. I have my £19.95 plus the 50p that was in my coat pocket. So just over 20 quid, but that 50p wasn't going anywhere. And guess what? It gone up again. They they didn't have it in stock. Oh God, I'm (laughs) dead excited. (laughs) What was it? I bought it. I bought it at the end. That's boring. (laughs) Sorry. There wasn't even a siege of Toys R Us. You weren't involved in the siege of 97. No, No, that wasn't me. That was a different child. A different little thought the right. Well, that is going to be a huge disappointment to everyone listening. I really thought we were going to eke out another five minutes on that story. Do you want to make up that no, something else happened? No, it's too late. You've ruined it. You've told the truth and you've ruined my life. Okay, sorry. And then what happened was I walked up to Toys R Us and it burst into flames No, no, don't make it up. It's no? making it worse. You're making it worse. Oh, Just right, okay. move on. Move on to the next bit. Okay. What is the so next bit? So I have bit? the game. The game itself is very similar to Mega Drive version, but stripped back because of the console limitations. So you've got you're freeing animals, uh, you're collecting rings, you're defeating Robotnik, there's TVs out in the open, etc. There's a lot more emphasis in this one on exploring than there is in the Mega Drive. So, for example, the Chaos Emeralds, rather than being in special stages, they're just sat out in the open. Hmm. Okay. What's the hmm for? No, no, nothing. No? No, nothing really. Just a um, bit lazy. <laughs> I suppose, in rela- Again, in relation to what was going on in the Mega Drive. I imagine there was probably some kind of technical reason that they couldn't... Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. So, for example, when you get hit, rather than your rings all pinging off in all directions, you get hit and you lose all your rings straight away because you don't have the rings going flying off mm. to collect. And again, I suspect that's because of the technical side of it. Yeah. But I remember that being very frustrating. So, to chime in with a relevant point the overriding thing that i remember and the reason it was such a disappointing experience at the time was because of 
a distinct lack of polish. Having gone from uh, playing Sonic on the Mega Drive, going down and playing him on the Game Gear just felt like a real step down. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because I didn't feel that so much going, say, back to Super Mario Land on the Game Boy, even though that was like a monochrome screen, it felt like its own thing. And I think one of the real drawbacks of Sonic on the Game Gear is that they've tried, as you outlined at the beginning, they've really tried to rebuild Sonic on the handheld device as he was on the console, rather than giving him his own feel and style Mm. on the the Game Gear. And I think that's unfortunately done him a bit of a disservice. Well, off the back of that... Out of the six zones, three of them are ones from the Mega Drive, Mm. but three of them are original ones. And two of them are particularly notable for having things that don't appear in any other Sonic title. So one of them, the bridge zone, which I can remember very clearly, has a level where the screen automatically scrolls, a bit like in a Mario game, Mm. and you're having to jump over, avoid uh, robotic fish and whatever, and at your own, well, not at your own pace, at at the pace of the screen. Yep. Do you see the problem with that? What? Well, we're talking about a Sonic game that's then suddenly becoming not a Sonic game. Well, talking about Sonic before is coming back to me a little bit, because we've talked about the dichotomy that that game tries to tread between speed and rings, or speed and exploration, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. The problem that I'm seeing here is that you're taking a game that is built around, like, whose, whose character is built around speed, and you are putting him into a situation where he has to conform to the speed that the screen moves. Yeah, definitely. I can remember that level really clearly because of exactly the, the point you've outlined there. Presumably you suddenly... end up waiting around at the edge of the screen for yeah. it to move on. Yeah. Shocking. Precisely. Really bad. That's bad enough when it happens in a Mario game. And it does happen Mm. in a Mario game. But it's slightly more forgivable, I would say, because Mario isn't built for speed. When you are are Sonic stood at the edge of a screen that's auto-scrolling, waiting for it to move on, that is not cool. Not cool at all. That's the point I'm getting at, is that this one is more about the exploring side of it. And then equally... It's not if you've got an auto-scrolling screen, though, is it? That level's clearly not not built around exploration. And then there's a level in the jungle zone that's built around a waterfall, and you have to explore the level vertically as opposed to horizontally mm. and i can remember there's these logs that come down the waterfall that have got spikes on or something you have to jump across those and again that's the only mainline sonic title or indeed i think any sonic title that's got something where you're climbing up the stream rather than going across to the right fair cool i also remember the game has a map screen which i don't think other sonic titles certainly in the mega drive ones did which i thought gave yeah. me a sense of the geography of the island which i know is a really strange point to to make but no i, I, quite I, I that. totally appreciate that alex kid had a map of the game world and mm. that really helped me to get into the journey aspect of yeah. the game whereas yeah. everything feels very disjointed for the most part in, in fair enough most early platformers you're just moving from one random level to the next and they they all yeah. have different themes or whatever uh, especially well not especially with uh, not especially with sonic but you certainly moving jumping around through themes having that overworld having that map would help to tie things together i imagine i'm quite interested to see that and how they did that because i can't remember i remember sonic 3 how Having at the start of the levels, there was some sort of continuation where the levels flowed into each other a little bit to give you that sense. So I don't know how much you ever played a Sonic 3, but towards the end of the game, there's the ice cap zone, which then goes into the, I think it's called the launch base zone, which is where Robotnik's got its big spaceship, etc. And the very start of that level, you've got bits of snow on the platforms to show that you've kind of moved, moved from in. the icy mm. area into that. And mm. then it fades away as, as, you know, pretty quickly. But it gave a sense of them being interlinked in some way. Yeah. Mm. So I've mentioned that this is the Game Gear version. Mm. This was also released on the Master System, which was 
pretty much the same with a few differences. Apparently on the Game Gear version, which I played in the bridge zone, there are warning signs in front of pits you can fall down because of the smaller size of the Game Gear screen. Okay, what? The pits had warning signs before them. Yeah, because of the physicality of the screen itself is so much smaller, they felt that if people were rushing through levels, that they might fall into these pits. So they they put these little signs there to preempt you falling into those yeah. pits. Do you know what the real solution to that is? Not have the pits. Yeah, we've talked about we've talked about yeah, how that that stupid design choice to to try and dupe the player, where especially again in Sonic, where you're moving at such a clip, and then you have these like surprise elements, like a spring that catapults you back in the wrong direction or into some spikes, yeah. or or there's a pit that you can go down and a pit that you can't go down, and who's to say which one this particular pit is? Mm. If they're putting warning signs on their surprise pits on the Game Gear version because they feel it's an unfair element of the game on the Game Gear version, maybe it's an unfair element of the game mm-hmm. just in general. Oh, they must know. They, f- there's something that they know. They're aware of that problem is what that tells me. Famously or relatively famously, if you're a Sonic fan, in the Mystic Cave Zone on Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive, there is a pit you can fall in and cannot escape from. It's just full of spikes. And um, I think as if you go into it supersonic, you're just there and you just have to stand on these spikes waiting for your ring count to go down until you then get to zero. And then you then... And that's um, not good gameplay. I fell into that pit quite a few times. I mean, that's a bug. That's not just not good yeah, gameplay. That yeah, is completely. a big bug. If you fall into this pit of supersonic, you cannot get out and you have to yeah. sit and watch yourself die. I mean, Mm. that actually sounds like the perfect Sonic game to me, but... (laughs) (laughs) And then the last point, it's interesting you mentioning Alex Kidd because this has links to Alex Kidd on the Master System anyway in Europe. The Master System 2 had this game built into it in Europe from 1992 onwards, which previously had been held by Alex Kidd. Mm. What a disappointment. (laughs) This was the last game released on the Master System in America because of how much of a flop the Master System itself was in America. Yeah, I don't understand. continued rolling so Mm. much so that like i said this game became part of it which i think is bizarre that you have this lack of cohesion across the territories i'm not really sure what the reason is for that i'm sure when i say this you you'll realize you were aware of it but the mass system is still big in brazil all right i did not know when i say that i'm now wondering whether it is still big in brazil because that is a few years old i haven't really looked into it for a while but the point is that in 20 teens or whatever yeah there is still a, a decent chunk of people playing it in brazil and it was licensed i think it was licensed out so people other companies could build ma- uh, mass oh. systems so you could the same way that you buy a vcr or dvd player you could buy a your brand of mass system or whatever um right some or all of that story may be erroneous and we'll figure <laughs> out what it was um in the break but it, for a fact for an absolute fact in brazil the mega drive was massive up until at least a few years ago might still be being sold now one of the reasons was because it was i think because it was so cheap compared to any other console that was coming out the the prices in brazil right. for, for new consoles are insane whereas you can buy a, a mass system for 99 pounds or whatever do you know categorically it's 99 pounds in their own it's in, che- in their own currency relative right uh, okay yeah you know what i mean you know what I'm saying? It's a lot cheaper. Well, that seems like a good point to go and research that story and also for us to get deep in Sonic 1 on the Game Gear. Yeah, what do you reckon? unfortunately. I'll try my best to have a nice time. That's all I can ask for, Ashley. Thanks.
and we're back. Before we get into the reasons why Ashley rage quitted Sonic 1 on the Game Gear, Ashley, do you want to inform everyone about the Brazil Master System saga? Are you trying to distract me? Because you know what's From... about to happen. <laughs> no comment. Hmm. I didn't rage quit. I just quit because it was shit, which is different. I mean, there's not much more to say about the Brazil thing. I was largely right in broadest strokes. It was the mass system was available and is to some extent available still under license from a company called Tectoy who create mass system systems in Brazil even now. They released a new version of the Master System 3, which was an exclusive console to the Brazil region in 2016, like an updated, refreshed version. And they don't have cartridges, cartridge slots. They just have games built into them. And the game had, uh, the the Master System 3 had 131 games built in, including four Alex Kids. Sold for 199 real, which when I've just checked on Google is £26. So that's a bit of a bargain. It's definitely a bargain. Oh, and it was happening. Uh, the reason that the that, that's the case, the reason that the Mega Drive is still going is because of tariffs on, on imported consoles. So the any uh, any other okay. like modern console, the Xbox or the PlayStation or even probably the Nintendo Switch is going to cost far too much for people to afford. Right. Oh, uh, the other thing that I found out that I didn't know of, the... Brazil market for the Sega Mass System accounts for half of all Sega Mass Systems sold in the world. Whatever. Which yeah, ever, which is uh, wow. pretty amazing. I didn't realise that. That's a good fact. Mm. Thank you for that. Good bit of yeah. quiz trivia. I don't know if they're big on the Game Gear. I don't think any country's big on the Game Gear, to be honest. And the reason being games are shit on high. Have we played a good Game Gear game? Like a game where both of us have said that is a good game. We've played Sonic the Hedgehog, Stargate, and I feel like we've played another one as well on the Game Gear. Yeah, well, Stargate, the less said about that, the better. Mm. I bet there are good games on the Game Gear, just to just to yeah. bring some balance to what I just said, because I, right. I don't really believe it, but Sonic the Hedgehog's not one of them, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you so, enjoying it and it being good are two different things. So, draw some of the reasons why I enjoyed it then. Yeah. I liked the variety of levels. Okay. <laughs> That's it, okay. <laughs> it shrugged yeah. the shoulders. <laughs> Just a yeah. whatever. That's all it deserves. What was varietous okay. about the levels? Is that a word, varietous? I've made it, so yes. I think it's a good, good word. Well done. The first act of Green Hill was quite similar, I felt, to the first act of Green Hill on the Mega Drive. You disagree quite vehemently. Well, I don't really like Green Hill Zone on the Mega Drive, but they definitely aren't the same. They're not even fairly similar. Are you talking about visually they, they sort of look similar? Yeah, like gameplay-wise, you're running across the hills. And so, yes. Robots. Blah, yes blah. and no. If you paint it in the broadest of strokes, they're similar. It's the same as saying Van Gogh paintings are similar to my niece's paintings when she was four. You know, they were similar in that sense, in, in the same way that, you know, they're, they're both made of paint, so they're similar. That's how similar these two are. Mm, that's what I'm saying to that. Mm. It doesn't look the same. It, 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 the only thing that looks the same in the, in the it is like the um, the foreground elements, and even they are like tone, like scaled back versions of the Mega Drive versions of them. So the palm trees, they look okay but they do look like scaled back versions of the Mega Drive palm trees. The enemies, they look uh, as they are. They look like the enemies from the Mega Drive version yeah. if they were yeah. made with limited numbers of pixels, which they were. There's no harm in saying okay. that, you know, but it just but, didn't look very nice in my view. And the second zone was Bridge Zone, which yeah. I really enjoyed. I really liked the scrolling one 
You hated Why? it. Why? I just thought it was fun. What was fun about waiting around? It is telling that no subsequent Sonic game has done that. What? T- I, I want to know. that. Without getting into an argument with you, because I am a bit <laughs> heated at the very fact you've just said, oh yeah, I just thought it was a bit fun, didn't I? <laughs> because that's not really a good explanation. And we're, we're making a podcast for to, to get people, you know, we've got to make people understand where, where we're coming from. What was fun? about the auto-scrolling level in Bridge Zone. I appreciated the variety's gameplay. Variety, that's... I I don't like being made to wait in a queue, and that's basically (laughs) what Bridge Zone's auto thing was doing. I was banging my head against the right-hand side of the screen trying to get through the level. It took two minutes. It should have taken about five seconds. I I don't know what to say about it. I just enjoyed it. It's a bit different. Oh, my God. Having your feet bitten off by sharks, that's a bit different. Doesn't mean I'd enjoy it. No, all right. Something that I said to you when when I was playing that level, new doesn't always mean good. Like, just because it's a change doesn't mean that it's a change for the good. There are actually things like changes for the worse. And an auto-scroll level should never have happened in a Sonic game. And like I said, never happened again. Yep. For possibly the the reasons you're... You've Good. experienced. I liked the third zone as well, the jungle zone. I thought it looked really nice. I liked the, the platforms shit, that were the platforms that were vines, the waterfall with the jump from logs across it. I really enjoyed the vertical level going up the waterfall. <laughs> I right, didn't get there. I didn't get there. I was too mad. <laughs> too bad. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I will concede the bosses weren't great. So for for each this isn't an argument we're not we're not like there's nothing right. to concede i will admit that better i will admit the bosses were a bit bad so okay each that's zone better is, language is made actually of... because what that makes clear is that you are living in denial about this game and that's the reason that you've just enjoyed it all right i i will admit that so each zone is made up of three acts you first and second are box and then the third act is your boss which for some bizarre reason there are no rings so the boss is then obviously one hit kill yeah what a stupid choice but then you have a sort of a lead up to the boss which in the very first one green hill you then have to jump over some pits that have got spikes in so it's unnecessarily throwing obstacles at you and it's such a long run-up to the boss as well like yeah. why bother with a long run-up like that if it's just about the boss go on then unleash your full edgelord what did you no, not like about I'm, this game it's not me being an edgelord don't please that is a complete mischaracterization not only of me but of what is actually going on here i have no interest in coming off as an edgelord or or anything like that i don't dislike things unnecessarily you're being a real shit you know i'm you'll know you're winding me up <laughs> what a what a rude way to to put it how dare i'm you? really sorry yeah so you should be <laughs> i honest i try my best I, sh- I i think you know this i try my best to be objective when we're coming into these things and just yeah. because i don't like sonic as a general rule, which is built on a foundation of, of reasonable reasons, by the way, which we're gradually going to unfold, I guess, if we're playing every single Sonic, which sounds like a nightmare to me, but we'll come back to that. Should we do Sonic 2 next time? Mic. If you fancy, yeah. If you want to spend another 20 minutes listening to me moan. I've got something to ask you about Sonic 2, actually, but so so don't let me forget about that. Um, All right. But I was at pains when we were off mic playing this. I, I said to you before we came on, you really need to marshal your reasoning for why you like this game, why you've enjoyed it. Because what I don't want this to turn into is a 20-minute session of me moaning about why this game's shit. Because, unfortunately, and I'm sorry to say it to you, this game is not a good game. And 
dear listeners, this is for you. I'm talking to you now directly. Chris actually agreed with me on a lot of the points that I brought up in the playing of it. So let's start with number one, okay? I pointed out that the artwork next to the life counter, which is about as good as the rest of the character artwork in the game, looks like I drew it in paint, which you agreed with. Yeah, And then you said, And then you said... That's that's not a negative. You're playing the game in the Game Gear. And then you said, hold on, Sonic hasn't got a nose. And I said, oh yeah, you're right. He hasn't got a nose. They've drawn him without a nose. How does he smell? How does he smell? And that was the joke that you wanted to edge into the podcast. (laughs) And you've managed it. Brilliant. Well done. So that's... Terrible. The The answer. He smells terrible. The character artwork was the the real letdown. Like, it didn't look good. And the, the thing that really brings home that contrast was moving from the Sega logo at the beginning of the game into the title screen, where you have this really nicely rendered, if not animated, this really nicely rendered... Mega Drive style Sonic character, and then you with get him into just the... shaking his his hands just as a, as a repeated animation. So yeah, the animation is not to so right, good. To left to right, it's the rest of it's static. Well, this Sonic one on Mega Drive, he pops out from that ring, and it's just really nice, gradual. Yeah, it is. Bounces, and this is the thing. Whereas we can't expect we can't expect that from the Game Gear, as you've sort of no, alluded to. No. And I, I'm and I'm tempering all of my criticism with that. Like this is a Game Gear game, and again, I did say to you while we we're off mic, I feel like I'm having to justify myself now unreasonably because of the way you've put this little shitbag. I did say to you, by all accounts, this is probably some kind of technical feat actually getting this game going on on a Game Gear. So there is that. However, there's no excuse for the characters looking the way they looked. That's the way I feel about it. Like it just looks like they've taken the mega drive maybe there is an excuse okay so maybe there is an excuse for the characters looking the way they look but the reality of the situation is they look like what was on the mega drive smushed up in someone's hands it's like somebody's made them out of clay and then squashed them that's how how they look and they don't look good for it part of the problem that this game has is that it is inevitably going to be compared to the Mega Drive version of the game. And I did say that in the first half. Like, I think it comes off badly because that's the obvious comparison. The Mega Drive is always going to win that. But there are things that this game didn't have to do that it does. It is buggy as hell. Like, Mm. I wasn't expecting that going into it. Thinking about it, I can't say I've ever found a bug or any kind of serious bug in um, a Sonic game that I can think of. Like, they they were pretty well put together games. That's maybe why the Mystic Cave one I talked about in the in the first half, maybe why it's so infamous because of that. Yeah, exactly. So the the Mystic Cave bug that you talked about, yes, is potentially the exception. At least as far as I'm concerned, it's the exception. I, I just, when I remember those games, they may not be my favourite games now, but what I can say about them is that they were built sturdily. They were built mm-hmm. well enough that bugs seemed... I didn't even think about bugs when I was playing them. This, there are minor bugs, minor art bugs, like uh, clipping through things, textures clipping through things, Z fighting. I really didn't like that one. When you've got the shield power-up with Sonic, mm. and the sh- for, for a start, the shield in the Mega Drive version, it covers his whole body doesn't it it's like you're running around in a a zorb or something in this it's like a little handbag hanging off the side of his shoulder it's it's about the half of it the size of sonic and then when you've got it there's some kind of weird z fighting situation going on whereby the game can't actually render it seems sonic and the shield at, at the same time so you've got them both flickering in and out of in and out of view which just wasn't very nice the biggest bug that i ran into and i reproduced it multiple times was on the first level the green hill zone level where you get a power up like a, one of those flashy invincible power ups then if you slide down this ramp it Shoot. launches you into the air and 
you go off the screen to the right hand side and if you just carry on running you stay off the screen yeah for the rest of the game for sorry for the rest of the level you just stay off the screen it lets you skip over spike pits and all sorts which is pretty bad and they weren't the only ones so i was running into bugs left right and center and they were bad well, you had the spikes that you um oh, you had the spikes yeah. that you jumped into multiple times that didn't actually affect you at all yeah the hitbox on spikes bizarre. just seemed like it was maybe the two pixels right at the very base of the spike so when i ran through a cave and there were these spikes with a a crab underneath i could just jump into the spikes to get over the crab which is bad it's just i mean that's just poor game well not game design poor creation (laughs) you know they they should have fixed those things before it went out it was disappointing and unexpected frankly to find that Mm -hmm. in a sonic game just quality levels um, quality assurance just seemed like it wasn't there. I suspect they were probably trying to rush you through as quickly as possible to capitalise. Why would on you want that from one of the biggest franchises, or from mm, one of the biggest yeah. game franchises in the world? You're trying to launch. You're trying to have a successful launch of your game gear, your brand new, super powerful, cooler handheld that's going to crush the competition. And this is what you put out for your flagship mascot game. It's just really not, it's not good enough, really. And as I say, it was a massive surprise for a Sonic game to be quite as bad, badly put together as this. So there's that. It didn't look good. Um, Even the backgrounds, like the backgrounds you're used to on the Mega Drive, all these nice parallaxing uh, backgrounds that are really nicely rendered. But this, it had these like half-arsed, like nods. to mountains yeah. in the green hill zone like a like is that a mountain or is it just a few stripes that someone's drawn i don't know but they might as well have not have bothered you found probably the most egregious like surprise developer thing where they'd put like the developer surprises you know that we talked about in our sonic yeah. the hedgehog one mega drive version uh, thing where the developer thinks they're being all tricksy and clever and fun by putting these weird traps in the game the one you found i mean do you want to tell them what you, what it was i can't remember which one it i've was. been talking about 10 minutes you can't remember which one it was <laughs> no. oh my god you, it was like the last thing you did pretty much that you showed me um it was a was it, it was a box it was a power-up box and behind the power-up box very oh. poorly hidden behind the power-up box was a powerful spring a red spring which was obviously going to launch you into some kind of <sighs> hell it was on the the vertical scrolling level so if you'd have gone into that spring you'd have then got ping back and then had to then climb, climb your way up back again. up to that point Bullshit. which i think was a bit rubbish yeah if you're being honest i mean you showed me a few different things while we were playing right so one of the things that i've said in previous situations with you and say with somebody that watches crap films it's fine you can watch a crap film it's fine you can enjoy playing a crap game you can enjoy watching a crap film or reading crap books don't then die on that hill trying to defend how brilliant 50 shades of gray is because you're not going to win that argument that is ready player 2 oh yeah exactly there you go i mean i wasn't going to talk about ready player 2 but if you're going to try and argue that because you enjoy a thing it must be good well that's an argument you're going to lose time and time again and i'm talking in general and i'm talking about me as well you know i i read flowers in the attic thought it was all right but i wouldn't try and argue that it was a masterpiece you know i don't know what that is so I uh, it's comment. a game about two sibling a game it's a book about two siblings who live in the attic of their house they're in a, an abusive family and they end up in an incestuous relationship yes Crikey. exactly it's a bit of a, a like a i don't know the, there's this american like afternoon film sort of vibe right. to it, you know like a mum's drama yeah sort of thing channel five from a sunday afternoon film yeah yeah it's fine to like bad things just don't don't go to bat for them oh you know what i mean what about the music right so there were as i said there were there were things that i thought were 
good about the game. One of the things that I liked about the game was the music. We can talk about that, but the other thing, just to prove that there are multiples, the other thing that I liked about the game was the actual control of Sonic. This is Mm. the best controlling Sonic that I've ever played. There you go. All the other games should have taken a cue from how he feels to move. He doesn't have as much inertia in this game. It's very quick to build a momentum. Really from nippy. A standing still. To, yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I really like that aspect of this game and it should have been brought over to the Mega Drive version. So they should have taken a few pages out of this one for that alone. My fact about the music is the bridge zone music, which when it started playing was a real blast from the past. I'd completely forgotten uh, how that tune goes. It was actually used... And you'll appreciate this link in a song called Together Again in 1997 by Janet Jackson. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? Why was it? Why? Why? I've got no idea. No, don't know. So that that for anyone that hasn't listened to Sonic the Hedgehog, our episode on Sonic the Hedgehog, or hasn't seen any of the stuff, harks back to a conversation we had about Michael Jackson's involvement in the music, uh, creation of music for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. There is a really good, or probably several these days, really good mini like documentary style videos on YouTube all about the ins and outs of his involvement and how the music kept cropping up in his own music. Four years after Sonic 3 came out, or three years from the other, then she's still, you know, good in for that, just find it interesting yeah it's a bit weird i wonder why that happened i really would like to know i'll try and find out i can't believe you called me an edgelord i'll be honest it's just a word i've heard banded about and just wanted to use it to look cool it's not a I good word isn't it no. my apologies i didn't realize that mm. what was it you wanted to ask about sonic 2 ah thank you for reminding me i wasn't going to ask you um i was going to tell you or maybe you have actually seen it there was a thing that i saw on the internet this last week where somebody had modded sonic 2 so that you could play the game with the camera zoomed out so you can see the whole level all at once no i haven't seen that oh it actually looks i mean as a piece of art like chemical zone looks brilliant Mm. really nice and i just wondered if he if you'd seen that and how it would be to play that because i actually think i think it would be interesting but i think it would really highlight how it would it would do one of two things it would either highlight to me how actually the levels are really well designed or it would highlight to everyone that bangs on about sonic just how bad the levels are surely be very difficult to play at that from that perspective because sonic would be so small yeah possibly but it'd be interesting nonetheless i haven't tried it while we're talking about small things this game is available on the game gear micro have you heard of this yes i have yeah the tiniest <laughs> classic console yeah. like you need a you need a monocle just to be able to <laughs> To play well, the games. It fits, for anyone that's not aware of this, this is was Sega last year trying to get on the, the whole retro console what they were thinking, really small I don't bandwagon. Know. But this Game Gear Micro is so small, it fits in the palm of your hand. It is 80 millimetres by 43 millimetres. And each one comes with four games pre-installed, I believe. Yeah, and, and Sonic four of them. 1 is is one of them. Yeah, I don't yeah, so understand. Four, four different, so four different Game Gear Micros, each one having a separate game built onto it, which again, it's, it's a very strange decision. It is a strange decision. When you think of the Game Gear, the compact nature of it is not what springs to mind. No. Not even in the slightest. So why they went down the route of making it a teeny tiny Game Gear, I have no idea. So small that it's hard to play, is what I've heard. Yeah, I would say so small as to be unplayable, which I just, it just seems like a novelty thing, and I just don't see the point of it personally. No. I don't, but I don't see the point of keeping on keeping on with Sonic the Hedgehog. So, well, Sega themselves didn't see a point in keeping on with Ancient Sonic 2 on the Game Gear was developed by a company called Aspect instead. Hmm. Make of that what you will. So, I've played Sonic 2 on the Game Gear, I mean, and I do actually have positive memories of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and it's one of the only Mm. ones that I haven't revisited and therefore had revised opinions of. I 
remember enjoying the atmosphere of the storm, which I mentioned in the in the first half, yeah. and messing around on the hang glider. Like, yeah, well, not messing around because it was fairly linear, like jumping on the hang glider and gliding. Yeah gliding in the direction or whatever but the feel of doing that it felt a little bit maybe novelty in retrospect but unique like you i, I think you had to like press up and down or something to sort of make it flutter in the air or sort something. of like super mario world's cape yeah suit. sonic 2 gave on the game gave me the screaming abdab so i'm not looking forward to, to revisiting mm. that okay well that'll be an interesting one because that might reverse the roles you might be mm. like oh it's shit and i'll be like yay this is how sonic should be it's the first boss the very first boss in that game is terrible okay well i don't remember and again that's that. because of how it's the game gear screen it is too small mm. for the boss to be played but that's a story for when we cover that yeah i'm gonna end this i mean we're, we're gonna talk about whether we should recommend it we're gonna talk about whether we should recommend this game and it's categorical absolute emphatic no from me like i've just revised my opinion i've just revised my decision it's a yes if you like sonic because it would be interesting for you as a sonic fan to feel the way that sonic moves in this game and to compare it to the way sonic moves in mega drive games or in all subsequent games frankly because it's just like it's night and day as far as i'm concerned i enjoyed moving around in this game more than i've ever enjoyed moving around in sonic so yes on that for everyone else bin it off don't bother don't think about it but then do that for the whole sonic series so for every sonic game ever yeah what about you i mean i i think you've I think if you're a Sonic fan, you've probably played this by now. If you are a Sonic fan and haven't, I would recommend it. Is this on any of the collections? Yeah, it's on the Gems collection, which was the second one that was more niche games. Okay. The, the, one, the, the first one was like the big hitters, yeah. and then the which was the Mega collection. The second one was the, the Gems collection. It's also available on things like... It was available on the Virtual Console and the 3DS shop and mm. things like that. I'm not sure if it's available on the eShop for the Switch at all yeah okay i wouldn't pay money for it personally if you can avoid it if you're going to spend money on a sonic game and this is probably how all of our sonic i'm sure i must have done this for sonic the hedgehog when we played it on the mega drive last year if you're going to spend money on a sonic game make it sonic mania because that is frankly the only sonic game that the people making it really understood what was good about sonic there were and there are good things about Sonic. They don't always get embraced when a Sonic game is released. And that, yeah. So Sonic Mania, that's what I would recommend to people that want to like Sonic. That gives you the best chance. Yes, that sounds fair. I agree with that. Sonic Mania is brilliant. I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> that's the whole of the <laughs> that's episode. So. That's story for the day. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> if you want to join us, maybe come and tell me why Sonic actually is good. Then by all means, do come and find us on YouTube not youtube that's not a good place to talk to to us no. twitter facebook instagram we've got stuff on instagram i don't know if people talk on instagram maybe in a limited fashion it's more about like pictures isn't it chris is setting up a tip selfie tiktok as we speak it's gonna Come be on. a tiktok and he's gonna do all of our posts in his all together uh so look forward to that he's promised some real good game related tiktoks or tiktoks i don't remember this, he's terming this them. conversation ever happening oh, i wrote it oh, i wrote oh. it on the agenda did we right i we discussed uh, yeah, it we I'm definitely we'll talk about it right, okay. mike right, we'll yeah okay, we'll we'll, right. we'll iron sure. that out but basically you are doing some okay. tiktoks with your tits out right um so get ready for that there we go good practice good stuff uh thank you so much so much for joining us and putting up with our bullshit hope you're enjoying it and we'll see you again next week for another episode bye <laughs> what a way to end bye <laughs>